0: Good morning, good afternoon and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is mudiwa Gavaza and for today, we do get into a little bit of what's going on over in the consumer economy and uh, this is, you know, something that is, uh, you know, ongoing. Um, we tend to check in on the FNBER Consumer uh, Confidence Index, you know, every once in a while just to see what's going on and it seems that, you know, one of the you know, recurring themes um, of this year is the fact um, that we keep having this slide. Um, you know, in uh, you know this slide in consumer confidence, and it's actually you know quite a dire you know situation that's there. So for today, to you know just give us you know some of the latest uh, because we hear that you know things have you know dropped um, to what some would consider to be all time lows. Uh, we are joined by Mamelo uh, Matikinka Uh, Nguenya who is uh, FNB's chief economist to give us a breakdown of uh, what's going on Mamelo greetings to you today
1: Hello, you to
0: all the listeners. No, no, no. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I think you know before we just dive into um, the actual results, you know themselves, it might help uh, just to set a baseline to understand. You know when we talk about the FNBB or um, consumer confidence index, um, what is it exactly that we are trying to um, gauge? You know when we talk about consumer confidence and how do you guys actually arrive um, at the numbers? That that you do.
1: Thanks, Madhuva. So this index is quite important um, to help us gauge how confident consumers or how concerned are they about their future. So they may be worried about things like job security or uh, pay raises and bonus. And obviously this this frame of mind tends to give us an indication of how much consumers are going to spend on basic necessities to free up income for debt repayments. So if confidence is high, consumers tend to incur more debt, and they tend to spend a little bit more on discretionary items such as furniture, you know, motor vehicles, clothing, and so on. Um, and sometimes these items are obviously financed by credit. But if confidence is low, it then generally means that you know consumers will probably delay um, their purchases um, without you know incurring. An uh, immediate deterioration
0: in, in, in conditions now uh, just given you know the background that you've given to us uh, it seems that you know with the latest one consumer uh, consumer sentiment you know has actually uh, dipped uh, to its lowest level in more than three decades uh, for the second quarter of uh, you know twenty twenty two what's actually happening here you know i I think um, we hear of the perennial issues now about inflation we keep hearing about, you know, all of these other things. What are the constituents that are actually driving, um, you know, some of the sentiment lower at the moment?
1: So I think maybe if we look at the time that the the index was conducted um, or the survey was conducted, it was conducted uh, between the 6th and the 20th of June uh, uh, 2022. Um, and during that time, I think there was clear indication that inflationary pressures are definitely building up on the back of this geopolitical climate that we try, we find ourselves in. Um, that has ultimately meant that the cost of living has increased quite significantly uh, in the form of rising food prices and rising fuel uh, inflation. I mean, I you give you a look at um, you know, uh, from the beginning of the year um, until until now, the petrol price have soared by around four hundred sixty per litre. So that's maybe twenty five um, percent. And we're seeing that you know, inflation, um, as I mentioned, for for basic items for food is 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 accelerating quite significantly. Um, so of course, consumers are are bearing the brunt of that. And then on top of that we've seen that there was just a non-payment of 350 per month social relief of distress card to around 10.6 million South Africans um, in April and May. So all of these items would have dampened confidence more especially for your low-income um, earners. Mm-hmm. So I think if we look at how much money in the low-income earning segment um, puts towards purchasing things like uh, food, I mean, 50% of the income goes towards um, our food um, our purchases and their inflation rate, of course, is much higher than um, the aggregate inflation rate. And if you look at your middle to your higher income brackets, of course, they also experience a high inflation, but those that are exposed to credit have also experienced interest rates that are increasing. So if we take all of these, um, I think, uh, uh, variables into consideration, it is not surprising that consumers are feeling a little bit less, opti- well, notably less optimistic about, um, the state
0: of the economy. Mamelo, one of the things that, you know, um, really does seem to be apparent from everything that you're saying, I remember we had this conversation, you know, just just a few months ago, you know, back in March, um, and we were talking um, a lot of the same um, language at the time. Um, You know, we were talking about it then. And at the time, one of the big things that we did speak about, if I remember correctly, um, was what type of assistance can be brought in, um, you know, either from public sector or private sector, um, etc. Um, at the moment, you know, just given everything that's going on, I want to first look at it on a consumer level, uh, you know, highlighting uh, some of those lower income groups that you've just uh, um, just spoken about right now to say, you know, what, what can people actually do? Because it really does seem as if um, we might even and be having the same conversation in the next three months about the third quarter as well. Um, you know when we talk about that, and also um, you know when I say what what can consumers do, I'm just thinking about the fact that um, there's erosion of savings if anyone is able to save even in this environment.
1: Sure. So I think you know if we look at some of the factors that we've highlighted, and I think you correctly point out in your, in your statement as well um, that are contributing to low consumer um confidence inflation. We only expect that to, to peak around October this year. So in the coming months, of course, that's going to be a pressure point for consumers. Um, and in response to rising inflation, the South will probably, you know, um hike somewhat more aggressively in the coming meetings. So when I say more aggressively, around 50 basis points. And of course they will assess um the second round effects. And ultimately that will inform how they then proceed with interest rate increases for the remainder of, of the year. So I think, you know, your, your low income households obviously will continue to bear the brunt of rising food uh, prices, but we've seen that the government has um, given a little bit of relief um, in the form of, you know, uh, a, for, uh, on the uh, petrol price. Um, but I think, you know, With rising interest rates, there is obviously an opportunity. So for those that are fortunate enough to be able to save, um, the rising interest rate environment enables them to gain a bit more interest on those saving um, accounts. Um, And for those that are not saving and are paying back credit, of course, the rising interest rate environment also just puts that additional strain on them. But I think if you look at interest rates, um, where they will probably land at the end of the year relative to where they were before the pandemic. Um, we still expect them to be slightly, um, lower than where we were in 2019 coming into the crisis. But what's been interesting with you is that even though we're seeing, um, consumers feeling a little bit more worried about, um, you know, the economic outlook and the, you know, household finances, um, high frequency data that's been released by states are saying, Um, such as retail sales data, suggests that there's still some relative resilience, I guess, um, in consumer spending. So while this confidence is a good indicator of what to expect in the future, we're not seeing as yet that immediate shift um, in consumer spending. So while consumers are very, very concerned, they're feeling less optimistic um, about the future, they haven't necessarily paid back um their spending as um as 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 significantly as the confidence index um may suggest. So I think another thing that we we wait to get a bit more information around is of course wage settlements. Because we know that um companies um when they go into these wage negotiation, negotiations negotiations, they obviously cognizant of rising inflation um, and they will try to ensure that um increases are not significantly below average um, inflation. Um, So this is not to say that obviously this is a solve, but I do think that uh, in the coming months, we are likely to see um, some of these actually uh, probably um, helping the consumer Um, a
0: little bit. One of the things I'm quite curious about, uh, Mamelo, you know, with everything that we're talking about, uh, we're talking about the pressures on uh, consumer pockets. Um, We're also talking about you know, how you guys, uh, where you guys expect inflation to peak, um, you know, later on this year and how uh, the the Reserve Bank could possibly you know, come to the aid of people and all. And at the moment, you're talking about how um, a lot of the spending habits haven't necessarily changed. Um, But on that, you know, just to drill down before we end off, um, is to say, do you anticipate um, that we will see you know some of those pattern changes in consumer spending, um, because sometimes usually people um, end up doing substitutions. You know, higher value goods for maybe more affordable options, cheaper goods, etc. I remember we had a conversation uh, on this platform a few weeks ago um, with some of the meat producers, and they were talking about um, how consumers are substituting, you know, beef, you know, for chicken, pork, etc. Um, those types of things I understand, but when you see such price pressures um, on your basic goods, you know, the things that people can't do without, uh, do you, do we necessarily end up seeing that shift in consumer spending or do, do people just keep spending on those same things and it becomes this, uh, I don't know how else to describe it, but this unending cycle, you know, of pushing prices because the same goods continue to have pressure and demand on them.
1: So so I think that substitution effect is, is is almost natural. I think if we look at the CPI numbers, we already started to see um that change in behaviour um in, in, in other goods within the inflation basket where consumers are looking for value um elsewhere um in order to be able to attain, I think, um a certain um I would say lifestyle, but consuming goods that um, don't deviate too far from what you would normally buy. So that shift, I think, is a natural shift. But I think another thing to take into account, um, especially if you're talking about your I would say non-essential items, is that um, su- supply shortages have, have also um, entailed that people delay their purchasing uh, plans. So if you were looking to buy, let's say, for example, a new car, um, supply shortages or issues around the ports because of riots, uh, and so on have essentially made, meant that, um, that purchase that you would have made probably a couple of months back gets pushed forward. So these are just some of the, these dynamics that we need to be aware of. So obviously your low income households will see that substitution happening quite a bit in the food basket. But if we look at in the inflation basket broadly, you know, if we look at items like spending on um, um, equipment uh, or household equipment, for example, we're starting to see a bit of pricing pressure come through in that component, which historically, I think, um, has been in very low deep, uh, inflation, if not deflation. So we're starting to see parts of that come through in the retail sales numbers as well, um, which suggests that. Um, you know, uh, obviously there's been changes in, in, in how we function and um we're not no longer working in the offices often. Um we're working at home. So your replacement cycle of items such as a kettle, for example, um has has, has has increased. So consumers are now um obviously in a position where you're working for when you need this item, that replacement cycle has has changed. And we've seen, I think, some of that change in behavior coming through um, in the in the inflation numbers. And of course, this um uh, vehicle price um inflation story is also coming through because there is that demand, and that's a function of uh you know supply that was has been hampered by uh, you know the pandemic, supply chain issues, and that spending coming through later on, and price pressure in those components. I expect it to mount in the coming months, and that will affect more than middle to high-income um, households. So it's quite an interesting dynamic when one looks at, I think, the full spectrum of the consumer.
0: So that's been it, you know. Very, uh, you know, I I would say a sombering, you know, type of uh, uh, discussion with Mamelo, giving us some insight into the latest reading of uh, the FNBBR uh, consumer confidence index. Um, you know, just talking about all the pressures that uh, that consumers continue to face, and that sentiment is at a three decade low, and uh, you know just how all of that is now translating um into the really. particularly around you know the spending habits of consumers um, how all of that then fits into uh, the inflation pressures we keep talking about how is the government going to respond how is the central bank uh, going to respond to all that and then on top of everything you know um, also just showing us that consumer confidence is uh, probably one um, you know piece of data uh, that we can you know keep an eye on there are other um, aspects that we also also need to highlight your retail sales um, and the like, you know, to get a fuller picture um, of what's going on. But what is, um, you know, quite clear is the fact that, you know, a lot of the pressures that people are feeling at the moment um, don't seem to be abating, you know, anytime soon, at least not in the next couple of months. And that, uh, you know, the next time we talk to Mamello, we might actually be having a similar conversation, um, you know, albeit, you know, with a different set of numbers. So, so that's been it. Mamelo, thank you so much. She is the Chief Economist over at FNB South Africa. Mamelo, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is Mudiwa's Take.
0: The economy, you know, continues to be very tough, you know, on a lot of consumers, you know, at the moment, that doesn't seem to be, you know, news of any kind. But going forward, what's going to be interesting to watch is how various, um, you know, parts of the, I would, I would say the economy, because you've got your consumers, you've got government, and you've got the private sector, as you know, this sort of tripartite alliance that, you know, carries the economy. And one wonders, the other two, you know, that's your government, that's your public sector. That's the conversation we had with Mamello last time to say how much wiggle room do either of these parties actually have uh, to help consumers out there. Right now, we just heard, um, you know, it's Monday, we're recording on the 4th of July, um, you know, 2022, and we've just got news now um, that the Department of Mineral Resources has just uh, announced a new price increase, um, you know, that's going to see, um, you know, uh, fuel at the lowest level. Um, that's uh, your 93 coming in at above that 25 rand mark. So imagine what's going to be happening with the price of diesel and the price of 95, right? And, you know, just to add to the you know, to the pressures that consumers have. That's the first thing. Second thing is the fact that we've got this ongoing load shedding at the moment. And at the moment, we tend to kid about it sometimes, but we are all gonna end up becoming independent dependent power producers or IPPs of of some kind because people still need um, to do basic things at their house. Uh, People still need to cook. People still need to just have lights um, on at home. People still need to charge phones, you know, devices, that type of thing. You start seeing um, a demand rising for your, you know, simple things, your your power banks, your generators, your inverters, your um, uninterrupted power supply systems for Um, computers and the like, especially if you're working from home, then you're definitely thinking about investing in that type of thing. And all of that is, you know, on top of, you know, what we're talking about right now. And it sort of shows once again, an economy is a cycle. Nothing ever works in isolation, right? One thing always leads to another. The fact that ESCOM is, you know, having the issues that it's having, you know, doesn't just affect them alone. It affects every everyone in the economy and it puts pricing pressures uh, on the rest of the economy because what's going to naturally happen is that the demand for your rechargeable lights, your solar panels, all of these you know alternative uh, power products, your lighting, etc. There's going to be increased demand for some of those things. And some of those things are, you know, components are being taken uh, from the rest of the world. You're bringing in your shipment costs. All of that stuff adds up, right? And we might start seeing uh, price price pressures on those goods. So once again, the, this virtuous cycle uh, that we keep talking about. How far is it gonna go? We wait to see. But for now, we just hope uh, that some relief will be coming for consumers uh, down the line. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcasts on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. with hashtag BD BDSpotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on IONO.FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Muriwa Gavaza, of the Business Day and Financial Mail. and This has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Which is a multimedia live production. So, for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning. <music>